0: we that word podcast from your way episode 440 compound episodes teach me here the
1: Rickster. What's up going buddy? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there?
0: All right, so we're going to start. Uh, I came up with the idea to c- kind of start up a myth series. So we're going to kind of talk about the myths. These are myths that we hear maybe on social media, maybe on the forums, maybe in the locker room at the gym. Maybe amongst friends, uh, you know, a lot of myths go become mainstream and we have to kind of, you know, just research these myths and we can actually find out pretty quickly that these myths are, you know, that's what they are. They're just myths. And a lot of times, you know, people just say they, they blah, 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 you know, they say these myths over and over and they parrot these myths over and over and it's almost it's like they become true from a placebo standpoint. So the first one I'm going to bring up is DECA ruins your dick. And this is a, I consider this a myth. I mean, I've run DECA three times. I, I've never had an issue on cycle, off cycle. Guys, you know, in the 70s, 80s, 90s, they ran lots of DECA. You talk to anybody in your gym who's in their 60s, okay? These guys who've been lifting weights for many, many years and their favorite steroid is deca now why is deca their favorite steroid well it's it's because you don't have to run more than two cc's a week to have a lot of it in your system that's 200 milligrams per cc right that's 400 milligrams a week you don't got to worry about estrogenic side effects you don't have to worry about anergenic side effects so if you talk to these guys i'm always amazed you know they'll say that's that's good shit deca's good shit but if we talk to some of the younger guys, they're like, "Oh, I don't want to mess with Deca. Deca, Decca will screw up my dick." So I consider that a myth. Like I haven't seen ironclad evidence that if you run Deca, your dick, your dick's going to fall off. I've not seen any evidence that if you run Deca, your libido is going to crash and it's not going to come back. I've not seen evidence that running Deca causes your fertility to die off so i just i just i just don't see it now you know when when you take a nandrolone which decadribolone is a nandrolone it gets in your system it causes an imbalance of dihydronanolone and dihydrotestosterone so dht versus dhn so i can be on board with Yes, it you know, it causes that imbalance which can affect maybe your erections, maybe your libido, stuff like that. But that can easily be counteracted by just running a DHT derivative. And this is an idea that I came up with, I don't know, like 10, 12 years ago, based on my own experiences using it and based on what I've seen, you know, in over the years with guys and blood work and all that stuff. So just run some provirin, 25 milligrams of proviron a day with it, you're not gonna have any issues. There's nothing. This is why it's a myth. There is nothing in Nandrolone that would specifically attack your erections or your libido. There's nothing in it. All Nandrolone is is, is testosterone without an, an atom. OK, without an, with an atom missing, that makes it a fifth as much estrogenic and way less androgenic than testosterone, whether it says it on paper or not. That is the truth. So for anyone to think that Nandrolone, decadurobolin has more side effects than testosterone, it just doesn't it doesn't make any sense. So, I mean, if you're going to sit here and say, yeah, testosterone is safe to use, and then and then say on the other hand, oh, Deca's dangerous, Deca's Deca's a, DECA is risky, DECA will ruin your dick and all this stuff, it's just there's no scientific evidence of that. It's one of these things that have been parroted so much on forums. There's probably some guy that started it back in like the late 90s, where they ran it and they... Had you know problems on cycle, and they had maybe their girlfriend broke up with them and they were depressed, and you know, they had other issues going on, they were probably on crack or something. I don't know, they were probably taking antidepressants and they lost their libido, and they just happened to be on Decca, so they're like, Well, oh, Decca ruins libido, and then from there, guys kept parenting it over and over. But you know, there isn't any any reason for people to be scared of DECA, like, Oh my god, if I run Decca you know, my dick's going to fall. I, I just consider that a myth. Rick, I mean, you know, you, you, you know, you take the devil's advocate right on this. What well, what do you think
1: about this? I think you're wrong, Steve. <laughs> um Deca Dick, it, it became a thing because it is a thing, just like Trenkov became a thing because it is a thing. Uh, how does Deca kill your dick? couple of theories on it. One is it produces a milder uh, DHT, a uh, 19-Nord DHT that competes with your own DHT. And we know from, from guys taking Proscar and Finasteride and drugs like that, that if you lower DHT too much, or if you block it out of the receptors in this case, you're going to have a problem getting hard. I mean, it, it's, levels, it's levels of DHT before a male turns, what, 17, that determine the size of your penis. You know, the more DHT in your system before 17, uh, the larger your penis becomes, uh, uh, grows as your teenager. Lower levels of DHT, uh, smaller penis. There are other factors at play, but DHT has been uh, has been identified as a main one. And it, it helps. Be, it, there's a synergistic effect with DECA and testosterone. DECA has been known to prevent hair loss from testosterone. Because of the same thing, it produces a milder DHT derivative, 19 r DHT, that competes with your natural testosterone DHT for receptors in the hair follicle and the prostate on your penis. That's one set of thinking. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why provirin is such a good alternative, because provirin uh, will actually has higher affinity for those receptors. And provirin will will get to these receptors uh, uh, at a faster rate than DHT itself or Nandrolone. Um, I like to tell guys to just use twice as much testosterone so that you're producing larger amounts of DHT and testosterone. Uh, The other one is also that Nandrolone does attach to progesterone receptors. And depending how prone you are to progesterone side effects, Nandrolone will attached to progesterone receptors unchanged, not only unchanged, but Nandrolone will also aromatize into an estrogen compound at about a fifth of the rate of testosterone, right? So whatever your rate of aromatization of testosterone is divided by five, and that's about the rate that Nandrolone will aromatize. in. so Decadick is a thing, I've been reading about Decadic on the forums for going on 20 years because it it is a thing. It has become a thing. Nandrolone is a hormone that is actually naturally occurring in our body. Uh, We discussed it a few podcasts ago. It's naturally occurring in our body. Um, Humans make the most nandrolone when a female is pregnant is when she has the highest amount of nandrolone production in, in a human body it's a good hormone uh, for bodybuilding purposes for, for men, but you have, again, the additional aspect of it attaching to progesterone receptors for those who are prone and also creating a weaker DHT that will compete, compete against your own DHT. So that's my take on it. It it has been a thing. Many guys have complained about it. Many guys have been really scared by it. I've experienced a a little bit of it here and there. Um, And I'll tell you a quick story. I had some vials uh, at one point that were shipped to me without any stickers on them. They just had a little sticker at the bottom, a little number sticker at the bottom, and they didn't have any wrapping stickers. And my guy would send me a message letting me know which vial was what. Well, he made a mistake, and he told me that the bottle that had the testosterone had the Deca in it. He mixed up the numbers at the time of writing the message. And I was drawing out of a vial thinking it was testosterone. That was the Deca. Then I was drawing out of another bile thinking that was Deca. No, that was a testosterone. <laughs> and I started to get issues with my dick. Like not great issues, dude. It was like, like shooting pool with a rope. I mean, it was bad. So I'm like, all right, I, there's something wrong here. I contact my source, contact my guy. I said, "Could there be a chance you fucking sent me something different? You put the sticker on the wrong shit. What's up?" And then he, uh, we go through messages, we go through stuff, and he goes, "Oh man, I, I fucked up. I'm sorry. When I when I wrote you the message, um, I told you testosterone for Deca, Deca for testosterone. So I was taking it was a, a Deca three hundred, and it was a two hundred mix testosterone mix." So I was actually taking like 600 milligrams of DECA and was on and was only taking, uh, I mean, less than just, I was doing about three quarters of a cc of the test thinking it was nandrolone, thinking I was doing just a couple hundred of nandrolone. So I've experienced it, many guys have, that's why the, the term is coined. And um, I mean, I, I disagree, but then again, Steve, I mean, we all know that uh, the amount of receptors that we have, all, all genetics, really play a big role on just how bad things get. And so some guys could slam Deca and maybe never have, have an issue with it. Some guys can do a little bit and have some problems. So it just kind of goes with the territory. All right. So the next one we're gonna, this is yours. It has to do with four week oral cycles. That's, that's the rumor I heard. Yeah. So we, we push this on the podcast ourselves a lot. You and I, Steve, because we're, we come from um, we come from the angle of just telling guys to be safe. You know, be as safe as you possibly can. You can get there if you give yourself enough time. This is a marathon, not a race. You'll get there. Just stay consistent. Stay, stay with it. Stay on the flow, and you'll get there. So we don't tell guys to to do crazy cycles to do high doses, and really four to six weeks for what orals are and for what orals can do for you for a healthy guy, for a healthy person, I still believe is about what you, what you want to do. But let me tell you guys out there, (laughs) there's some studies, serious studies, clinical studies where patients have been given uh, anovar 20 to 40 to 60 megs for as long as 12 weeks. And then after the study, those same patients were given the option to continue on the Anavar for an additional 12 weeks at 20 milligrams. That doesn't sound like a lot, but some of these folks that had a, a legitimate medical reason for needing anovar to prevent muscle wasting or some other issues, they were doing 24 weeks of Anavar on, on these studies. Same thing with Anadrol. There's been studies on Anadrol guys being on Adderall for almost a year. Now, these are people that have other diseases, AIDS, wasting diseases, problems with hormones, even burn victims. So yes, the the, the, the scientific literature is out there. Uh, not only that, I've said it on the podcast, the competitors going up to shows will do as much as 100 milligrams of orals for eight weeks. Got one guy on our Facebook um steroid forum now uh, who talked about his pre-show stack and he was on 100 milligrams of of about two combined two three combined orals like eight weeks before the show see he still had a couple weeks to go he he probably was probably on orals for like 10 weeks 12 weeks so this is a myth that we've kind of we've kind of made we've kept kept pushing forward And the way I I got that is because really we used to only do orals for about four to six weeks as a kickstart to let some of the esters build up. And then you'd get off the orals. It just wasn't, there really wasn't a real need to continue to do it. So it kind of stuck. And again, we're talking about real healthy individuals. When you're talking about someone that has a wasting disease, you know, full-blown AIDS and and maybe some, some other problems. Uh, you're not, if you're a a doctor, you're giving this person the steroid that is helping them have some, some strength, you know, to shit, to carry their, their groceries at the store, right. It's giving them some kind of benefit, some kind of immediate benefit in their lifestyle. And all you're looking at is maybe some, some labs where the liver profiles are, are not great, where cholesterol profiles are not great. Uh, but this person has full blown AIDS. You might not be worried about 20, 30 years down the line, right? You might be worried about just helping this guy put, keep on, keep some muscle mass on their frame. So keep some strength so that they could just do regular uh, people things. Like like I said, like going food shopping, you know, Uh, carrying all the bags one trip. boom, (laughs) right. So the patients in, in these long-term studies obviously had some has some immediate need for the steroid in their lifestyle. But when we're talking about healthy individuals where you're just enhancing what you already have, that's working well, four to six weeks is about all you need. Still, still think that. Don't need to go much further than that, but the clinical data and the practice is out there of guys doing uh, way longer. Um, Got to pump it. My product, uh, this is how we sponsor the show, how we keep the lights on guys www.n2guard.com. That That is my liver support product that I make for every single one of you guys out there that uses uh, anabolics that uses steroids. So uh, please keep it going, man. Uh, that's it, buddy.
0: So next one we're going to talk into is Trembolone and gynecomastia. So this is another myth that I hear. And that people think that trembolone can cause gynecomastia because trembolone it metabolizes in the body into uh, prolactin, and, and rising prolactin can cause gynecomastia. And, and here's here's what I've noticed over the years: I've known a handful of people on the forum who have ran trembolone and had any type of breast issue going on and in those situations they were abusing the tremblum like for a year straight there was one guy who ran it like for three months and had an issue but here here's the key they didn't have guidon from the tremolone they had lactating nipples so they would notice like brown liquid coming out of nipples when they squeeze their nipples so is that gynecomastia? It's not gynecomastia. That's lactating nipples. That's That has nothing to do with gynecomastia. So when people were in Tremblone, like, oh, my God, I get gynecomastia from Tremblone. I always ask them, are you running testosterone with it? They're like, yeah, I'm running testosterone with it. I'm like, okay, well, that, that, that's your culprit. It's the testosterone that's causing the gynecomastia. It's not the Tremblone. Because Tremblone won't cause gynecomastia. Tremblone will cause lactating nipples. It's not the same thing. So it's two different things. So, Rick, counteract, uh, counteract that myth. True or false?
1: Well, as, we, as with all of these things, uh, your genetic makeup will have a lot to do with it, the amount of receptors you have, the concentration, all of that. But Trembolone has been known to cause issues with prolactin. Just like Superdrol has, well, Superdrol. A lot of guys in the 2000s uh, had some lactating nipples from Superdrol, uh, from doing Amdrol, Superdroll, Superdrol, all of the different uh, clones of this hormone. So, would you do? Would you say it's right, Steve? I don't know if I've ever known of anyone really having full blown gynecomastia and oh, man there's so many people throughout the years i'm trying to remember uh, somebody had like full-blown gynecomastia like really hard large glands from trembolone. but i have seen a lot of gynecomastia symptoms of like my nipples are a little sore kind of itchy got the lactating uh nipple going left or the right side usually one nipple were they collected. running
0: were they running trembolone by itself or they running tests with it
1: Oh, the, these are guys stacking stuff together. I'm sure. Yeah. I've seen that's, that's I've my seen... point. Like, yeah.
0: can you show me someone who ran Tremblone by itself or in Tremblone with with real Anavar, or in Tremblone with a, uh, a mile, you know, and something that doesn't aromatize who had gynochemisture from Tremblone? And it just when, doesn't happen.
1: When we started brewing uh, the Tremblone out of the Finaplex H pellets, uh, there were a lot of guys that ran Tremblone standalone because we didn't. We started extracting it from from pellets. I mean, we didn't we didn't know that to really get the most out of tremblon, you got to stack it with other things because tremblon helps you get the most out of everything else. There were guys that did tremblon only cycles, and that's when like the first um, the first uh, reports of like soreness in the nipples and lactating nipples started to come around, and we. Guys on the forums, you know, came to a consensus at this time, uh, basically that it was just, it was impossible for Tremolone to aromatize. So it had to be um, either progesterone or prolactin activity uh, that was, that was causing it because Tremolone wouldn't, wouldn't become an estrogen. And um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I think since the, since around 20, 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, I think by then we'd been brewing we've, we've had tremble now we've tremble on having back at least for a good seven years six years guys stopped doing tremble only cycles and they started stacking and with other stuff just because you know just because we we all know it. i mean tremble only cycles weren't all that great but guys are using it with other stuff were reporting great results so i mean yeah well, like we've all known a lot of guys that get gynecomastia symptoms and should even get full-blown gynecomastia and never lactate. But we've also know guys that lactate and never have actual growth in the tissue. And, um, I think the lactating and some of the sensitivities is more due to prolactin. Um, and obviously the growth I think is more due to actual estrogen. So, um, you know, but that's just, but, but then like a guy like me, I'm, I don't really have issues with, with prolactin or progesterone that much. I mean, I've done trembolone, done draw quite a bit, never have lactating issues. But if I go above five, 600 milligrams of testosterone, I've got to maybe add aromasin at that point, or even with just a little bit of testosterone, I got to add just a little tiny bit of Novodex and, but I've never had issues really, uh, with my nipples lactating or, or really feeling weird from, from super or from tremolone. but I know guys that have, so it's very um, I remember a, a guy used to work at this place. I, I worked at when I, anyway, long story short, he, he, he took some pro hormones and he got lactated. He's a real thin guy, really kind of dry chest, dry, you know, built, but kind of dry person, never had issues with gynecomastia. But his nipple lactated, no growth, just uh, secretion uh, coming out. So maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe gynecomastia, full blown gynaecomastia from trembolone—that could be a, a total myth. But as far as having issues with symptoms on your nips, um, I, I would think that's that's a that's a fact on of trembolone if you're prone to it. You know, if you're prone to it, what do you think?
0: Oh, I mean, I, I said, I, I said I said what I thought on it for sure. Um, so it's very tricky. Uh, another thing, this is why these types of myths keep going is they're very tricky because prolactin is one of those blood works that fluctuate so much. Like your prolactin levels fluctuate. Like you can eat something really delicious and it can throw your prolactin levels off. You can have sex and it can throw your prolactin levels off. You can gamble. Um, you can, your stock could go up your, you know, whatever, and it could throw off your prolactin levels. There's all kinds of things, you know, different parts of times of the day. It's just your prolactin levels naturally go, go up and down. So a lot of guys will run their prolactin levels, but oh my God, my prolactin levels are high. And then they'll run blood work again, like a week later and oh, my prolactin levels are back to normal. Like what happened? So that's why it kind of gets like, that's why this myth kind of gets thrown around a lot. So. All right. So the next one we're going to talk about is another one for you, Greg. It has to do with oral-only cycles. So tell us about this myth.
1: So the myth is that oral-only cycles don't really work. Oral-only cycles really are a waste of time. Right? That's the, is that the myth or am I getting the myth backwards, uh, Steve? Well, the, yeah, the myth is
0: oral-only cycles will kill you or do something to you. I don't know. It's not, not literally kill you. They're, not, like- good.
1: they're, they're not good. They're not good. They're more dangerous and less effective than, yeah. than injectable cycles. Um, I think one of the reasons that oral cycles can be a bit less effective is if people are not consistent with their dosing, I think um, injecting really keeps a steady kind of upward swing peak downward, but it's not like in a day, like when you take an oral, and it's just fluctuating throughout the day. I think having parts of the day where you're not on the oral, your levels have dropped too much, could be one of the issues. I think a lot of guys using a lot of Dianabol the as their first cycle and, and really not having a good baseline, a good five to eight years of natural training. So so they make some gains on the Dianabol. And then when they get off, they, they just quickly go away. You know, one of the worst things you could do is run a dianable cycle if you've been training for less than, than three to five years natural, because almost everything you gain, you're going to lose. And in my opinion, you make it harder for yourself to gain muscle naturally afterwards, once you've once you've done the steroids um, so early on. So that is kind of uh, I'm giving the the myth some sort of value there. But to be honest, man, you can grow like a weed on some orals if you run them correctly, if you, if you really stay on them, them a good length of time, if you use them properly, if you've had five to eight years of natural training under your belt. I did an Anavar cycle, five weeks, and dropped something like four body fat percentage points in just about Four, it's about five weeks total. Um, and it was great. I, I st- and I stayed lean. I stayed pretty lean afterwards, even uh, weeks, months after I was done with the Anavar, And I kind of did that just from just an Anavar cycle. I just make sure to take my Anavar space uh, throughout the day. Uh, always had some, some Anavar in my system, even slept with the pills on the night table and a cup of water next to the bed to, to, to get a little wake up call, toss them in slurp my water down and then get right back to bed just to make sure I, I stayed at a pretty, pretty steady level with my uh, oxandrolone use. Go to anavarbook.com guys, check out anavarbook.com. Once the book is up for sale, you guys will be able to grab it there. uh, Where I'll actually do a whole run through step-by-step on how to run a proper anavar cycle and I had great results with it, and I've had great results with Turinable and other orals. I just think it—it's a myth that you don't—that you don't get great gains or that you don't get permanent gains, permanent progress from oral-only cycles. It's a complete myth, and I think the myth really stems from these newbies, new new guys, new jacks doing some Diana Only cycles and losing it all. Or maybe some some fat dudes that have core lifestyle issues with their eating doing some some anabar cycle to to shred up. And then when they get off the anabar, they go back to eating like shit. Or maybe they never stopped eating like shit. Maybe they just did a little more cardio. Who knows? And so their the results aren't that long-lived. I think and and why newbies? Because I think the majority of, of newbies that are gonna just give this a try and then go away and never do this again. Are probably just gonna dabble with orals. They're gonna be scared of injections. A lot of dudes are scared of of giving themselves a shot. And so when you get a, a bunch of guys that are scared of giving themselves a shot and they're newbies and they want to enhance, you get a lot of these really early on oral only or cycles. Anavar or Diana will mostly will with where the results go away quickly. But I think. I think a lot of the reason why that thought is kind of out there is because of the experience level and the type of guys doing these oral only cycles. Cause I think you get a, you get a guy like Steve or I to do an oral only cycle and we're going to get some fucking results that are going to look good and maintained for, for a long time afterwards. So um, that's just my opinion.
0: I think one of the big reasons this myth, this is one of these myths that, sources came up with like oh you can't run oral only cycles you gotta run testosterone with the cycle you gotta run this with the cycle you gotta run that with the cycle they just want to make more sales Uh, they make more money off testosterone than anything else so of course they want people to be using testosterone every cycle cost them a dollar to make a vial of testosterone they can sell it for fifty dollars that's a huge markup and then something like Human growth hormone, they don't really make any money off selling human growth hormone because the margins are so tight. So, but testosterone, they don't even care. Like if they ship someone five odds of testosterone and the post office loses it or something, they got no issue reshipping the testosterone. But if the post office loses um the post office loses HCH, a bunch of kids of HGH, they're probably you know they'll probably have a little disclaimer on their website. Hey, if if you know, if this is seized or the post office loses it, we do not reship. Sorry. So you're take the risk on your own health. So this is a perfect example, though, is one of these myths. Um, now are injectables more effective over the long term? That is something that we can debate. And you know, the short answer is no, uh, because if you run like short little four eight-week oral-only cycles cycle off PCT, do the same thing versus running 12 week injectable cycles and cycling off and PCT and then recovering your HBTA over time. I I don't see your results being different. Now you can make the argument, are these orals hammering my liver more than injectables? And I would say, yes, but again, you run your liver support into guard and then you take time off and you're going to give, be able to recover your liver regardless and injectable steroids also hammer your liver. So let's, you know, let's just be honest about it. So, you know, I think there's a lot of factors, Rick. Um, and this is one that, you know, it's one of these things, the anecdotal evidence shows that it's a myth because I've known guys for 20 years who have run nothing but oral cycles and they've, you know, Done. They've done quite well, but look, if you're going to run a lot of steroids, you're a pro bodybuilder at a high level, then yes, I will say you have to run injectables because you're running so much steroids that it would make no sense to just just run orals. But if you're just a gym rat, like 99% of the people listening to this are, you can just just you do just fine on the oral only cycles. All right, guys. So I think this is a good show, Rick. And we will talk to you guys next week for another compound episode. Uh, maybe we will do another myth episode. Maybe we'll keep this series going if you guys like it. Talk to you guys next week. Take
1: care. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one. Guys.